Hello Q&A cuties, welcome back to another episode of the Q&A podcast. I'm at Watermelon, aka Mel. I'm at Kev Cole, or Kevin. And we are very excited to have a very, very special guest for today's episode, and it is... At Kev.un, or Kevin. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> welcome, Kevin. So, to start off, I guess... We usually introduce our guests by asking how you know us and whatnot. So how do we know you, Kevin? Um, social media. Ooh, yes. Ooh. Which is today's topic for the episode. And it's a pretty big one, would you guys say, for like being queer and Asian, social media as a concept. Very. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for a little bit of context, uh, social media was actually one of like the first topics we had in mind for this podcast. So it's been kind of long awaited, but I feel like there's just so much to talk about, you know? Um, and with that being, yeah, exactly. And with that being said, does anyone want to kind of define the social media within the context of the gay, gay slash Asian community? Oh yeah, um, definitely. I think one of the things that I started to realize that existed was like this niche community within social media, um, for lack of a better name, the Gaijin community. And I would say that my first exposure of that was in like my senior year of high school. It's when I started to branch out more after me and my ex broke up and I started to meet other like, you know, gay Asian people. I was like, I started to realize, oh wait, a lot of the people, a lot of the people, they have like similar followings. They have, we have all these mutual followers, but I don't even know them. So I just started following a bunch of people. And then I realized that a lot of people don't really know each other, but they still follow each other because of that mutual connection and that hope of, oh, I think I might know them or we'll meet them. So I'll still follow them. Yeah, no, that's pretty much how I would define it as well. And that was kind of my introduction as well. What about you, Kevin? I mean, very similar. I think that, I mean, I wasn't even introduced to like these communities until more recently, at least for some social media platforms. But, you know, it's like you don't even know some of these people that you are mutuals with and you you kind of have this relationship or as if like you know them but i mean that is kind of nice too because there is no other way to meet other people within the community and that kind of establishes a relationship that could grow in the future at like at events or at different things if you're like traveling somewhere Mm -hmm. yeah and to that point i want to ask both of you like do you treat queer oomphies the same as like other you know shroomfies which are the straight oomphies um because you know i typically don't follow anyone that just follows me but a lot of the time especially during college like if they were clearly queer and asian i would follow back like without question so do you guys find yourselves like acting or not acting but interacting differently with like random strangers online who aren't queer versus who are queer well, I think that a lot of it boils down to the purpose of why that person is even like in your following or like they follow you because um something that I see a lot in like 
the queer community especially is thirst follows versus like when you have you know like the straight oomphies most of the time it's because you actually know them so it's like there is that connection but like actually you know physical versus like this is like kind of like a parasocial connection when it's with someone that like you randomly meet online and i think something that like i also like want to note too is that there always is like that chance of you know having that that spark with someone that's like a random stranger so it creates like this dual identity online versus in person and i think that ties with interacting with each other differently because the people that are like you know most of the time are your straight oomphies it's like they know the real you in person and sometimes the person that you portray online isn't necessarily like who you are and that comes with like, the difference in like interactions with like you know you're like gay oomphies mm-hmm. i think that interacting with people online that like you don't even know i feel like i act very differently and it's to appeal almost to that certain crowd because that parasocial relationship almost relies on that like i don't know this person they're in miami they're in texas but in order in order to interact with them you have to act a certain way at least that's how i feel in order to establish a relationship because if you don't act that way it's like almost as if you don't care at least that's what it'll come off as i don't know and compared to let's say like an irl friend at least i wouldn't do that you will still hype them up but it feels different and it's almost to a certain point that it feels almost fake <laughs> but i don't know how to explain it yeah no yeah yeah it it's quite literally parasocial at that point when you know you don't actually have these real emotional ties to these people but somehow sometimes you feel like you have to interact with them or post them or hype them up so that maybe perhaps you can get that same attention back it's it's pretty it's pretty like integrated within the community i want to say um just for reputation and for me i feel like a deeper kind of root for that has been wanting to be accepted you know especially growing up in a space where like literally you know i never got to interact with like any other queer people or anyone that looks like me or acts like me and so it means a lot to some degree you know when i get to make these connections and um these like relationships with these people who are like me but in the end a lot of the time especially during covid for me it felt pretty you know parasocial and i'm like i'm not legitimately friends with these people so why do i care that much but i do care about a lot of them to some uh-huh. degree you know yeah i mean it looks i feel like even though it may start parasocial i mean look at us three i guess like we literally met on social media and you know i guess some relationships will establish and like have a foundation and grow from there but some might not and it depends on like how you choose to interact with them and what you do with that parasocial relationship no i definitely like agree on that point kevin because i feel like some of my friends that i've been able to meet like through social media those are the people that i end up like playing games with and like i i even have like this like really big discord i play with shout out to ari chan by the way but, <laughs> um it's like a lot of us like we met online and of course like we established like those friendships like you know through twitter like through like our like interactions but over time like those little interactions we've had have built up into like these like beautiful friendships where now that we have people that like fly over to like canada or like florida just to be able to like finally meet each other and i think that some of like the relationships we form through 
social media are such gateways into new experiences. And I think that's part of the reason why I feel like we put so much emphasis on wanting to like uphold some of these like relationships that we create online just for that potential. Like this could be something real and like this could be something that like, you know, could foster into something that is like lifelong, but you never really know. And you know, like back in the day, like the only way to meet people was through like actually like putting yourself out there. But for people that are like introverted or more shy, um, social media is a good way that meets people that meets both extroverts and introverts halfway because they're able to make connections and make friends at their own in like in their own terms and whatever that may be. Yeah, it's just like being at peace with the fact that you're not going to be besties with everyone, just like really cultivating the ones that matter to you. Which can be hard sometimes when you're kind of like inundated with like, bro, I just there's followed like 50 people yesterday and like now we're all oompies, but like now I'm stressed, you know? I feel like it can be overwhelming to some degree sometimes, especially when you're like first getting integrated into like this whole community and when they all start following you and whatnot, it can get kind of daunting, I feel like, mm-hmm. um, just because you have this reputation that you need to protect and whatnot, but... Can can you um, define umfi for people who don't know? Umfi is one of my followers. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was just like some random like sound like automatic like, or whatever. <laughs> oomphy, yeah. <laughs> when I first heard it. <laughs> Oh no, the first time I heard about Oomph was like back in 2013 when I was on Tumblr. And um, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, like Oomph. Like I thought it was onomatopoeia too. And it wasn't mm-hmm. until one of my friends corrected me like like years later. They're like, oh, Oomph is an acronym. And I was like, oh, I thought it was just like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was so confused. Oh, so that is also something that I wanted to talk about, like, what, especially when it regards to, like, social media communities. Because I think one of the ones that I think is definitely a, a lot more prominent right now is Twitter. But, like, this idea that gay Asians have, like, come together using, like, social media is actually something that's repeated in a lot of, like, different social media platforms. And I think another big one, I would say, is Tumblr. And what's funny is that it almost follows like that same exact model of like, you know, like, oh, like you have your people that are on like the NSFW side of, you know, like that gay social media community. And then you also just have people like in like the gaming side. And it's what's actually quite well, something that felt very full circle is that they're um, in like, I guess in that Tumblr space of gay Asians, there was someone that actually was helping me with my college apps back then. And then I ended up finding them like on Twitter, like years later and everything. And like, I even like DM'd him. I was like, oh, hey, like, I don't know if you remember me, but I messaged you for help with my UC apps back then. I just wanted to say like, oh, I actually go to Berkeley now. And like, I'm, you know pursuing this and it was like a really nice way to show that this repeats because in generations there always is that issue of finding a community within the intersection of being both like queer and asian and social media is just a way for us to connect with people that are just like us and it helps us feel more visible in like you know like a white dominated space that is you know the queer community yes very true yeah Yeah. I have, I can talk about specifically queer people and also Asian people thriving on the internet for hours, but I want to ask y'all like why y'all think at this point, social media, there's a lot of Asians and in a lot of ways you can see Asians thrive 
online more than they would in other social settings and also for queer people too like clearly queer people have dominated a lot of gen z culture and like just you know online culture so i just want to ask y'all like how that came about and how you think that affects people like us who are queer and asian how like we kind of it's like easier to some degree for us to like thrive in the internet setting i don't know if y'all feel that way but i feel like there's something there i guess to answer part of your question from my experience it just specifically especially like on twitter you can express yourself and like do whatever you want like it's literally like kind of like your own personal diary whatever your thoughts you just want to put out there whatever like media or any experiences that you've had you can put out there and like it doesn't matter if someone like likes it or replies to it it's just your own thing but in the sense if there are people who also have similar experiences or similar thoughts they can react to that and speak on their own experiences as well like like it retweet it kind of support you in that way and then that's why that community has grown because you you realize how many shared experiences you have with other people and there it's like an outlet for people where you can just express yourself rather than things are monitored or screened out it's just your own platform and then the community within that you can find yourself in and embrace yourself within that community yeah i think to add on to that one community that i found early on that i like found so strong and so tight-knit was like filipino youtubers like aj rafael obviously jra and like that whole community and also not just filipino but like just like asian youtube in general and i feel like something from that translated into twitter somehow and i don't know if it's just like asians are just always on the internet on every platform but yeah it 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 feels the same to some degree like asian twitter and also asian youtube from like literally 10 15 years ago like joey diamond i don't know if y'all like watched him on youtube because i know him from you know all his covers but i know some people know him you know in through other media now and it's just crazy like i'm like yo like you were my childhood and now i still consume your content <laughs> so yeah it's just interesting there's there's like the the stronghold that queer asian people have on social media i guess just to add on to that it's just like north star boys like how asian men are like thriving like you know what i mean this wasn't a thing back then oh I yeah know. that's just no, like, no. yeah i definitely get you i think yeah. like something that has to do because you brought up like oh like why are we, we like so successful like on social media and i think a lot of it too can be like attributed to just like how you brought up just like that freedom of self-expression like on the internet and i think that especially um, when it comes to like you know people that like, are still like living with their family and everything sometimes like that level of expression is just not available because of you know like like cultural constraints or like familial constraints and everything and it's like being on social media it gives you the opportunity to really express yourself for like who you are and in like whatever way you want to and i think that's part of the reason why like social media communities have always been so prevalent and especially like in a lot of like asian cultures like we run into this typical like tiger parent that where it's like if your child isn't presenting you know 
the kind of values that you want in your child, you're going to get like angry, but oh, like, where did I go wrong? But it's like, you didn't go wrong. Like, you know, like, this is just me. And I think social media allows a way for that to be like very discreet, like, especially on like the physical aspect. And again, like giving that fulfillment of like wanting to be who you are, despite like anything that could be going on in your life. For sure. Fully agree. It's very similar to like how we talked about for raves. It's a form of escapism almost. So a way to just be yourself without any cares. And like in that escapism too, like I, I think these communities are also like very important because, you know, I, that's how I know some of my friends have been able to like meet each other and like really form like, you know, the relationships that they end up being with. And an example of this is like um, one of my audience their boyfriend like they met through tumblr like they literally met through like asking each other questions like on <laughs> tumblr and next thing you know like they ended up getting together and now like they live together they're on track to like getting married and everything and it's like so crazy to think that those like connections could just be made through social media and it's it, and it just gives all the more reason why it's like it's important that we have these spaces for like other like you know queer asians just to connect with each other and to like meet people that have the same interests and like come from the same background I kind of want to like tackle the flip side of that as well, mm -hmm. though. You know, we touched on all the pros of being able to find the community that we didn't have access to, like in childhood and whatnot, and how, you know, you can even find legitimate love through social media. But I want to know, like, what y'all think regarding, I guess, boundaries and, you know, when it can get a little too toxic and these parasocial relationships get to like you know people can get dilute like feel they seem delusional sometimes when it's like yo i legitimately do not know you i don't know why you you feel like you can cross boundaries like dms and just people being out of pocket and whatnot you know yeah oh it doesn't have to be like that intense but like you know Oh, no, no, 100%. I think one of the issues that I think that I run into personally is that people think that like based off of the content that like, you know, you want to put out there, like that's like also the kind of like content you want to like receive, especially in your like message requests. I feel like sometimes like there are a lot of unsolicited messages that I get from time to time that can be like, you know, a little like, ooh, maybe I didn't really ask for that. But I don't know. I feel like people think that sometimes people think that like, they're entitled to they're entitled to get to know who you are just because you put yourself out there and everything but people need to realize that what you put out is like selective it isn't necessarily who you are your social media doesn't encompass both the good and bad parts that are of you and i think a way that i see this especially like within like like you know especially since like pictures are more prevalent now it's like even like people like to post thirst traps which is like, you know, people like to post like, you know, like their shirtless selfie and stuff. But what I hope people are like can realize is that that picture is just like a fraction of time of like what our bodies look like. And sometimes I think that we can get too caught up in like looking at these pictures and like using it as like sources of comparison because, you know, it's like, oh, like that's that's obviously like what their body must look like but like what about mine but i think sometimes like people forget that it's not like you know how we look like every day and of course we're gonna pick like the picture that we look our best in and feel the most confident in you know but i do know like that is like a form of toxicity for like a lot of people and it's like important to recognize like it's not really us 24 7 it's just us in that moment of time 
I think that's like the most toxic thing about specifically like Twitter, I guess. Like it's just these thirst traps that, you know, I have, you select the one, like you said, out of what hundreds of pictures that you have. And then, then you edit it, you crop it, you like do whatever you need to it before you even post it. And I feel like something that plays into this toxic environment is when people say like, <coughs> I can't believe, like I've seen people say this, um, I can't believe like you let this flop. Things like that, where it's like, I get why you're saying it. Like, it was a great picture, but like, does it really matter if it flops? I guess. I don't know. That's, I feel like there's so much things, so many layers to the toxic environment that people play into. And I mean, we've all had our own play into it as well, I'm sure, like, without even knowing, but it should just be a safe space. And most of the time it is, but there are also other things within it. Yeah. I think that gets into kind of exploring the reasons why people within the community post their traps and whatnot. And I mean, for me, like if I post pictures and whatnot, like I'll, I'll admit it's for validation, but that I feel like validation can be subjective to the person, you know, like validation can be life or death for some people, you know, but I feel like it, it's important to know that how many you like how many likes you get on Gaijin Twitter does not matter. <laughs> like you are beautiful regardless, you know. But you know, that's not that's not to say that I don't delete my shit it, you know, when it <laughs> flops, because I'm I I will delete. I will delete. But the thing is, like, I know that I'm still a bad bitch regardless. You know, I just have like I'll delete it because I have a portfolio and you know, I want it all to like look good. You know, but like I'm still a bad bitch regardless. And I I just really want like everyone in the community to feel validated regardless, you know. I think something to like add on to like what y'all were saying. I think a good like reason why I think people sometimes like attach themselves so much to like likes and like like retweets whatever is because like those metrics can be considered as like objective because you know it's like it's like it's like actual numbers, the actual figures and when assessing yourself like oh like do i feel good about myself do i look good about myself it's a very like holistic process to really like you know come to terms and like accept like this is like how i feel and i feel amazing and i know that that's something that we are constantly working on is like just like loving ourselves but when you look at numbers you think oh that's a high number amazing i look great in this photo but you know it's like again it's about how like how you feel about yourself in that photo in that in that photo like do you feel confident putting it out there and it comes back down like asking yourself am i putting this photo out there because like i want it to generate traction or am i putting this photo out there because i chose it because i feel confident that i look good in this and it can be both like there's no reason for it to like not be both or just to only like be one reason but i guess like how you measure a photo success or you know if something does well it all just goes down to like the intention that you put between your your social media usage agreed yeah one of my mutuals actually said the same thing because i always felt weird sharing some pictures but they even said like if you feel good about it then who cares just post it and just do what you want with it and i think i have that mindset now i don't really care like if i like it then i'll share it and we'll see what happens with it one thing that I think you brought up, like the objective, like the numbers, it does not help, especially now that they have the view count, the bookmark count. They added so many more metrics that just add to the toxicity of being ratioed and all that stuff, which is insane. 
I think something that's like very crazy that I've heard someone say is, you know how Instagram, they have like the feature to like remove how many likes people get on like their photos. I have heard some people in passing say like, oh, like they only turned off likes because they don't want to show the world that they flopped or, oh, they turned off likes because they don't want to. And it like, it, it it's like kind of sad just to hear like likes and just like all of like these like numbers, like being something to like put someone down on. And I mean, like, yeah, like it, it, it can help people feel good about themselves, but I feel like especially when it comes to social media and like putting ourselves out there, like in our like appearance, you know, it should never be something that we need to like bring ourselves like down about, you know, because it's like we're all like just trying to do our best. And I think that's like kind of like where we kind of got lost with like social media is because like its purpose is to connect people. But we're also becoming so disconnected with ourselves because we keep pushing to put out content and stuff that isn't necessarily like, you know, like us because we start to chase like those numbers. And like, I remember like back then, like in, you know, my early like college days, I'd be like, oh, like, I'm surprised like not a lot of people really like were too fond of this photo. I thought I looked good and everything, you know? And like I remember having those thoughts of, you know, invalidation and it did took, and it took me a while to like realize like, you know, that looking good is something that is very subjective and, and like the male beauty standard is definitely something that can change like depending from person to person and i can't hold myself to the same standard that everyone else holds other people to because who cares if i think i look good then i look good period mm -hmm. yeah and there are so many factors that go into your like count and view count even there's like the time you post who's online at the time you post. There's just so many things like that can affect the amount of engagement a post can get. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we can allow ourselves to have that determine our mood or like our sense of self is so scary. And I feel like it just, it happens more frequently with queer people because a lot of the time their main source of community is online. So now you feel like the whole world doesn't like you just, you know, just because you posted at a time when no one was online. And yeah, it can be so damaging for sure. Going back, do you feel like, I mean, I already know the answer to this, I'm sure, but do you feel like you with these parasocial relationships, do the benefits outweigh the pros outweigh the cons essentially. And like you're making, do you feel like you've made so many relationships on social media, online with all of these people? Can you repeat the question? Yeah. Wait. Basically, <laughs> is it, sorry, I like, I couldn't even see the question, but it's basically like, have you successfully, successfully found like good friends through social media that may have began like parasocial? Like you don't know them. They don't know you, but then they sort of grew. Ooh, I, I will say like, I, I, I've definitely found like, a relationship through social media and like this is like a person that's like far away and it's like it's surprising because it's like you know you would think that like the connection that you make with someone like online like oh it couldn't you know be something like worthwhile but i feel like especially like with like this person i would have never we would have never <laughs> ever interacted in real life ever but it really was being able to connect through social media to like 
create this like transcontinental relationship. And like, it was like amazing to think that such like a, just like that small follow back that happened all the way back in like 2019 was like the spark of something that really impacted my life in a very positive way. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like I wouldn't have gone so close to you, Kevin, if it weren't for like social media and Valorant. <laughs> I'll count Valorant as a social media, but, um, yeah, no, like, I feel like we wouldn't be even making a podcast if we didn't interact on social media and whatnot. So that's, yeah. yeah. It's so Exhibited. weird how, like, I mean, even Kevin <laughs> brought it up Kevin. earlier about, like, gaming. Like, gaming is such a big, at least for some people, I guess for us especially, like, it's such a big part of who we are sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, like, simply playing Valorant together created such a strong relationship and it's insane how that bond forms and then now it's like now here we are making a podcast so crazy yeah. oh yeah i know some I know, I know this one girl speaking of like using valent as like a dater i know this one girl <laughs> who like only dates like radiant like, <laughs> like this is crazy and i was just like oh honestly loki loki maybe i need to hop on that <laughs> no that's what i'm saying like i get it <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I understand. No, yeah. No, like, and, and like the people that I talked about earlier and like my one Discord, honestly, we all started becoming friends because we just like all wanted to play League together and like we found each other through Twitter. And it's like, you know, like playing video games with someone, like that's so special, especially as like, you know, gamers, because it's like quality time, you know? Mm -hmm. and, it's, and it can also be an opportunity for acts of service. <laughs> it's like, oh, thanks for the res. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, oh, wow. Carry exactly you know <laughs> and it's just like i feel like it's just amazing to think that like you know we can all just form like those relationships because like even if like we think about like as like ch like as like children having like play dates you know what would we do? we'd come over like oh let's go play on your let's go play minecraft on your xbox 360 to on split screen or it's like oh let's play super smash bros it's like social media allows us to have like those like same connections as adults and it's like to play these games and it's just so beautiful to see like people come together like that agreed that's so cute. I'm going to call anytime I play with Val someone. I'll be like, oh my god, we have a little play date. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is, though. I swear. That's why, like, I, I, I swear, like, I see so many people, especially, like, on Hinge. They're like, oh, let's do Q. Oh, like, you could be my duo. And it's like, it's created, like, this whole culture of, oh, like, your duo is, like, either your boyfriend or your second boyfriend. Kind of like how people think <laughs> of, like, my work wife, you know? Yeah, your work wife. Like, oh, that's my duo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I, I'll be real. I've definitely have had those moments where it's like, oh, I have like my boyfriend, but then I have my duo. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like equally there, like the same like, priority. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, one's kissing me off, the other isn't. Vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's time for the QA session. Um, fun question that we have. First one either what is your rank in Valorant right now, or what is like the rank you imagine yourself to be in or want to be. Ooh, okay. Um, I'll say it for like the games I also like majority play, which is like like League. But I will say in Val, I am unranked like officially because like I don't really like have the time to like sit down and play ranked. But I do keep up and I have like top fragged with a lot of my friends who are like gold and like mm -hmm. high silver. So I would say no, it's like, okay. unranked is a new uh, radiant so mm -hmm. oh, of course yeah. uh, i would say though for like league um 
League, I would say that I'm probably around plat, hypothetically. And then for TFT, I would say, hypothetically, probably Diamond. I, it's just so hard Damn. this semester. I haven't had like the time to climb and everything. But I would like float around there if I was like, you know, able to grind out like that. Wait, that's cool. You play TFT. Oh, 100%. I play TFT like in between. Like I, that's what I play during my cardio to like make the time go by faster. What? So like, I usually do 20 minutes of Stairmaster, 20 to 30 minutes of Stairmaster or bike. And that is how long a TFT hyper roll game takes. So it, it, it like coincides. That's crazy. You should play with Jamie. I don't know if you met Jamie yet, my other cousin. Mm. But he's really good at TFT. Like, that was his shit. No, yeah. Like, the last time I was able to climb for TFT, like, legitimately, I was at plat 180 LP. But I, I could have got to Diamond 4, but, like, I forgot the last day to, like, climb before the rank resets because I was, like, busy. But, yeah. Oh, good. You're going to hit Grandmaster or whatever soon, so... While you're doing cardio. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for me, I haven't played like this act at all, but I peaked gold, you know, at some point late last year. I'm back to bronze now, but, you know, we don't need to really know that. In fact, Kevin, cut that out. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I want to grind more, though. So any Radiant people want to duo with me, let me know. <laughs> I mean... Um, gee, let's just have them play on their Smurf. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, 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 but make sure their Smurf is like actually a Smurf because right. I, there's yeah, because there's what like one of our friends like I was like oh like yeah like, come play with us and then like he gets on his Smurf oh, and the my Smurf God. is Diamond One and I was just like girl that ain't no Smurf what the hell that's insane <laughs> I wish my Smurf was Diamond goodness I know. Yeah. I'm hard stuck silver three right now, peak gold three. I'm never making it back into gold at this point. No, but... something's in this act right now. Like someone put a crack in it or something. It's I don't gecko. <laughs> it's gecko. Yeah, Gecko's in. It's the gecko. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense though. Like I was gold one, and then it was my demotion, and they queued me with three bronzes. Oh, I don't oh, get that. That's not what you want. They just yeah. don't want me to have it. They don't. Do we have time for another question? We yeah, don't sure. have to. <laughs> yeah, okay. we do. One more question. Okay, there's another question uh, by an anonymous submitter. Just kidding, it's me. Because I'm <laughs> silly. But um, <laughs> since, you know, the two Kevins here are masters at the art of Thirsty <laughs> I would just like to ask, what is the proper technique? What makes a good, solid Thirst Trap? Um, you share. I would say the number one thing is like your confidence. Like I think, as if you feel like super confident in that picture, post it. If you're not feeling 100% about it, then retake it and like and take a photo that you like. When you see it, you're like, this is the one. Like this is the this is the banger. Like especially when I take my friends' photos or my photos and I scroll through it, it's like there usually is that one, and you're like, damn. But I think photo specific wise, I always recommend um, natural sunlight is like it's it's a, it just looks amazing on like, you know, like your face, like your body and everything, because like artificial light can sometimes like be very harsh. But let's say you have to use artificial light. A lighting trick that I use 
is like I do have a ring light for like other like content creation, and what oh, I do. Let me write this down. Uh huh. And what I do is <laughs> I get a um I get a plastic bag, and I put it over the light because um the plastic will diffuse it um more evenly or um on like your face and like your body, so it gives you like that soft light effect without like you know any harshness. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. You're like creating fake, like diffused sunlight, kind of yeah. like yeah. That's amazing. Wow. That's smart. See, I'm learning stuff. <laughs> Yeah. yeah i don't even know what you see i mean i i think natural light's better i just don't have that much natural light but something i do <laughs> i don't even know if this even makes sense but you know the autofocus on your camera like i use the autofocus lock and like adjust the lighting how i want it because otherwise it's gonna like like work against you sometimes especially if it's not natural light because like Kevin was probably saying like when you use a ring light if you put plastic over it to diffuse it because sometimes you'll look washed out so, but the autofocus lock and you adjusting the, I don't even know what it's called. I forgot, but it'll help like make it look a lot better. I love that. Thank you. Oh, I have another tip. I have another tip. So something that I want to state, I think everyone is beautiful, but everyone also but has their own <laughs> angle. And I think that like sometimes when people think that they don't look good in a photo or they don't look good, sometimes it's just like the wrong angle and like angles can like play such a huge way into like how you look inside a photo. And it's like, uh, I definitely have allegations that I, I take photos in the same angle, same format structure, but in all, in all honesty, I, I, it just works for me. Like I, I like that angle, you know, and it's like, it goes back to like you know what doing what makes you feel confident in yourself and doing like where and doing what makes you feel like you're showing off the aspects of yourself that you're proud of agreed yeah and there's those like there's like two clips one's like where someone's like rotating with the light changing the angle of the light and it's like a whole like video right and their face changes like drastically with the light how like naturally you know when the shadows like hit your face and whatnot uh -huh. And then there's also the other clip where, like, you zoom in on an iPhone camera and then, like, you zoom out. And there was that whole trick of, like, putting the camera far away but zooming in, you know, like, in the camera view. Yeah, it's, like, there's a whole science to it. So once you, like, experiment and get that angle, hold on to it. People will drag you for having the same pose, but you're going to say hey, you look like, good. Yeah, exactly. So... We need a photographer friend to tell us all our angles. Mm -hmm. Well, I know mine, but <laughs> I don't. <laughs> no, that one, that one TikTok where it's like all the different categories of gay people, and then there's like oh. the Asian that likes K-pop, and it goes. That's, that's the selfie. <laughs> I hate that, but it's so true. <laughs> all your photos yeah literally every single one I'm, I'm curious though like i know like we're talking about like aspects of ourselves that make us feel the most proud like what do you think is like your best feature that you like showing off in photos i think i'm a face girly some people will say otherwise but i am confident in my face and my smile um but yeah i think as a kid, I've, I always, like, every mirror I pass, I just stare at myself and, like, make faces and, like, you know, just, like, pose and whatnot. So, I don't know. I feel like that's what I've always been kind of fond of 
like showing i guess yeah i love a good selfie that's cute i (laughs) i think the same for me like it's always been my smile even growing up my parents would always say i was a very smiling baby smiley baby and so i feel like my smile i guess i always hated growing up my legs even though people were like talk about it but I hate like my legs in pictures. I remember I was telling Kevin when I was like, don't put my legs in the picture. <laughs> Waste up. <laughs> Stop. You're literally the Naomi Campbell of Gaijin Twitter. So <laughs> you need to show off. You need to show off those legs, Kevin. No, you know, you're in like the 1% that's above 5'8". So <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. you should be proud. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I'm like 5'11". You are yeah, yeah, very much. Yeah, I'm so yeah, tall. Five, six foot even, you know? You know yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were six, six, six foot on a good day. Yeah, mm, no, good day. six foot, six foot. Six foot? Okay, okay. I wasn't sure. Oh, uh, <laughs> I would say for me, my feature would be my smile. I there, there have been so many times where people have like told me like, oh, like I, your smile makes me so happy. Or it's like, oh, like your smile is like contagious. And then, like, it has definitely like made me feel more confident about like my more smiling pictures and everything. And it like, it's, I don't know. I, I feel like it fits my vibe. I think other people would like say other things about me, but you know, for me personally, I think it is my smile. Oh yeah. It definitely suits your personality for sure. Like, yeah. You are very Sanrio vibes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Is the Sanrio oh. in the room with us right now? <laughs> I fear they are. Oh yeah, no, literally, I have my My Melody pillow, and then even in my Very PC, trendy. I have a My Melody cuff, a little figurine, and then I have her right there. But yeah. I love that. Oh, and then I also have it on my freaking headphones too. <laughs> Damn, Sanrio, if you're watching this, please sponsor Kev. On. Oh yeah, and then also. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. Wait, what oh. photo card is oh. it? Oh, oh, don't even. Oh, I have my felony bandage. And Wait, then don't even see me starting on my water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! No, 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 no! It doesn't. It doesn't stop there. This is uh my old AirPod case. Oh my god, that's huge! Damn! Wait, that's so cute. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. No. You're like, oh yeah, and I have a tattoo. Not getting there yet. Not getting there yet. But <laughs> yet, eventually, eventually. No, I'm kidding. We'll see. We'll see. That's so cute, though. We all said smile. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. yeah. For us. I feel like though, if you were to ask like the general public, I already know what people will say about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and they're sitting for sure. <laughs> yes, my eyebrows, they're very sharp. Yeah, exactly. Yes, they sit on your face very well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the brows are browsing for sure. They are, they are browsing. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah okay i do have to go though because yeah we can okay thank you kevin for your time i hope you all enjoyed this episode and we will see you at the next one yes 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 okay, goodbye thank you bye bye, bye. bye.